nervous. Oh, He's not so Everybody needs to know that Grocco. Go ahead, open it up, bro. Come on, open man. Put cheese in here. Open it up. Grocco hates I'm cheese. Up. He absolutely hates oh, cheese. He won't eat pizza. It's the only person yes, I doesn't does. eat pizza. So what we did is we oh. got him. We got him a special custom-made shirt from T-shirt <laughs> Deli because he wears kid-sized smalls and he calls Medium. them mediums. <laughs> Wait, that wasn't even an extra small. You were supposed to. Uh, that's an actual. It's actually a medium, guys. We, 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 we got him something <laughs> that he might actually wear. Oh, he needs to get medium. The shirts, the shirts are always Thanks, one man. size extra size small. I appreciate that. All right. All right. Well. Cool. All right. Well, let's get it. Let's get. Let's, let's get do a show. Let's Thank you so much it. for entertaining our crazy celebration. Hard two. Happy birthday. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Thank anyway, so there's so much going on in the city. If you're not around, I mean, tomorrow, I'm sorry, Saturday, it's a big day for us. I want to thank everybody who came out to the St. Jude's fundraiser at the Ritz. Thank you so much from the bottom of our heart. Um, I know that you guys saw the video that we produced for CJ's family, which, uh, by the way, amazing family. Um, and CJ wasn't able, and his family weren't able to be at the Ritz, but because mm-hmm. um, he was, he had a cold or something. Yeah. Um, but. Saturday is the actual 5K race run. So if you don't want to run and you're like me, you can walk it. It's only 5K. So get the deets. Yeah, Saturday morning uh, registration starts at 7 a.m. So if you guys want to still come out and register for the race, please be there at 7 a.m. The ceremony kicks off at nine, and at 9:30 we start the race. So looking forward to everybody coming out. Uh, people have been reaching out. I also want to thank everybody on social media that continues to donate to our cause, the Global Warriors for St. Jude. That was really cool of you guys to continue to do. I also want to give a shout out to Gibson's Italia for being the first uh, well, business out there to help us put together this amazing event to benefit St. Jude. And Mode Body Boutique uh, here in the West Loop over on Madison. They were amazing with our fitness challenge. Obviously, the Ritz topped it off this uh, past Thursday. Thank you for everybody coming out and supporting, and we're looking forward to a, a great race 5k this coming saturday so uh right and so obviously the 5k is saturday but that doesn't that shouldn't stop you from continuing to donate to this amazing organization remember 100 percent of the proceeds go directly to the foundation which then takes care of chil- families and children and obviously children who are suffering from cancer so anyway that was our little psa uh today we're actually going to talk to someone who is also helping families and i want to I think this is a really cool topic because as investors, we're always looking for rental properties, right? And then obviously, how do we leverage those properties and make sure that there's zero vacancies because that's going to dictate the health of your investment. So today we brought one of the organizations that is, I believe, Chicago's most amazing organization that provides housing vouchers for families who need um, housing. And it allows, uh, re- I think the, the best part of it is that it allows um, landlords to rent properties and basically get a paycheck directly mm. to your bank account. So without further ado, Mr. Mamadi, would you like to do the intro or is it Grocco? I'll do the intro here. Uh, today we have Kate, Katie Ludwig with CHA. Uh, it's going to talk about the owner's Symposium, which is coming up in October. Um, If you can tell us a little bit about that, Katie. Sure. We are really excited. Thanks for having us here today. We um, are hosting this year. It's on uh, Saturday, October 6th. Um, here downtown at the Hyatt Regency. Um, And this is our owner symposium. So this is the ninth year we've been doing this. And what we do is is really a great learning event for anyone in the real estate industry. So we're talking about property managers, property owners, investors, anyone, you know, who's connected to the real estate industry should really come out. You can learn more about the
about the Housing Choice Voucher Program, which you know most people know as Section 8. So you can learn more about that and how you can work with your properties through our program. But it's really just a great event to learn more about. We have topics not only about CHA and the HCV program, but we have topics about anything to do with the real estate industry. So Carla's going to be out there. She's doing a, a presentation on... Um, uh, investment properties. <laughs> We're having uh, a session on estate planning. You know, so many of our uh, own property owners out there today, they don't, you know, what happens to their properties after they you know, yeah. pass on. Um, and then we're having we're having a really great um, discussion about perceptions of affordable housing, too. So we have lots of things that, you know, come out to learn more about the, the <clears throat> Housing Choice Voucher Program, but lots of other topics as well. I just want to say one thing. I absolutely love <laughs> the Chicago Housing Authority. <laughs> I'm the only one in the room. Well, I, I don't know about you, I but do too. I'm the only one in the room that actually is a Section 8 landlord. Great. I was a Section 8 was. landlord. Was. I was. I have. So was I. Seven or eight of them right now. So anyway, let's it's not awesome. talk about you. It's that awesome. is great to it's hear. Awesome. It's I, awesome. It's awesome. We it, need more people like you to spread the word. It's, so, no, it's you. great. And, and I'll tell you what. One of the biggest peace of mind you need when you're a landlord is knowing you're going to get the rent on time. Yep. And at 12.01, on the 1st, <laughs> you get an email. He's waiting by his computer. I, I, have, been, <laughs> I have been drinking at a nightclub. And I get boom. You knocked and I look, it there. And there it is, 12.01. Your payment is in. I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> I can go into that more money. It is the most perfect tenant in the world, in all honesty. Okay, so. My opinion. Having said that, please, you don't have to wait till the owner's symposium. Obviously, you can register or inbox us, and we'll give you the informa- information for the event. Um, obviously, I'll be speaking there and also in collaboration with Grocco, yes. who's going to be talking about financing. I will be covering how to ma- how to market your properties and how to make sure that you have zero vacancies, because obviously, that affects your cap rate. But before we go on about the symposium, can you tell us a little bit about the organization and you know the mantra or the sure. mission behind you know, it? We are really excited. Again, um, we're excited for this event, but we... We serve 47,000 families through the voucher program every year. So that's 47,000 low-income families that, you know, otherwise might not have a place to live. Um, So we're really proud of that. And what, you know, one of the things we really try to do through the program is we're all about, you know, we want to build stronger families because we know stronger families lead to stronger communities. And at the end of the day, that makes us a stronger city. So we're, and we know, while at the end of the day, we are serving our families, Property owners, investors, real estate folks are key to this program because we depend on the market. We, you know, this isn't us, isn't the old CHA where we're owning the properties and managing them. We're depending on the market, you know, you guys to really help us and be our partner in this. And um, that is, again, it's a great partnership and, and we need our, the real estate community to support us. And we, they do. And so we appreciate that. I guess some of the myths about the voucher program is that it's only in specific areas. Can you elaborate on that? Sure. That is a myth. Thank you for bringing that up. We, um, we have voucher holders right now that live all across the city in every community area of the city. So, And we do have um, the ability in um, a lot of markets where we can meet that market rent. So just you might think, oh, you know, my property is in Lincoln Park and, and it's, you know, the, the rent is so much higher there. We do have, um, in a lot of cases, we can uh, support that rent level because we can go a little bit higher than we can in other places. Awesome. How, do Not, I get, how do I get a voucher to live in Lincoln Park? So <laughs> you, and it is really because it's, it's a goal of HUDs to really, mm-hmm. you know, to be more inclusive in all parts of the city and to really... Um, Diversification, I would right, think. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it is um, something that we have special authority from HUD, uh, the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, um, to do that kind of a thing. So really, any of our voucher holders, if they're interested, you know, we have folks that live downtown in the loop. Um, where, you know, 
rents are, are a little bit higher than. What is the name of that program? It's a specific um, program, right? So it's we call it our mobility mobility program. program. Okay. Um. So yeah, that's absolutely. Um. Our voucher holders again live all over the city. Now, if you're a landlord, <clears throat> and our show is traditionally more about purchaser purchasers more than being an actual tenant. Mm-hmm. But if you're a landlord and you're going to consider using um, CHA as a tenant, um, what is what should be our expectations on how to qualify that property for it? Uh, and and I don't, one of the myths that I do know is that, oh, it's so hard to get approved. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, before we go into the construction portion and what needs to be done, and, what, and, and I didn't find it hard at all, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I, I found it very reasonable. It wasn't like they came in asking for the moon and the stars to approve the properties. Um, but what am I looking for? If I'm going to be an investor buying a property, just so we can kind of build, reverse engineer the economics, mm-hmm. um, how do we know that we're going to qualify going into a property for a CHA? So, great question. First, I'm going to say <clears throat> definitely we're going to have, go into a lot of detail and we'll have sessions that talk all about that in a lot of detail at the symposium on mm-hmm. October 6th. So, um, but um, high level, I can say we really are looking at really things related when we come out and do an inspection. So we do an inspection of the property, as you know, before uh, the family moves in. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we are really looking for are things related to the safety of the property. And so we are looking at um, sort of safety. We always talk about safe, sanitary, and decent housing, right? So we're not looking like, oh... Um, it's on granite countertops. Right. We, we don't <clears throat> care. I mean, if they are, that's great, but we don't care if they're granite. Right. Like, we're more saying like, oh, is there a... Um, you know, does the hot water work? Does Can <clears throat> the unit maintain a, a heat uh, level? Right. Um, are there trip hazards? You know, we, we do look a lot, um, and sometimes um, this can be an issue, but it's very important to us. We look at any chipped or deteriorated paint Paint, because that can be an issue with lead-based paint and Mm -hmm. if there are children especially in the unit um so there you know all the paint services need to be um you know not disturbed in any way so i don't have to i don't have to over finish to improve the presentation to get to wow cha absolutely it just needs to be functional and safe that is correct. And that Kat, because correct. I like to change your name, I, I think I love Kat it. is yes, a little bit sexier. You. Sorry, yes. you're not. You're just Nick. You're boring old Nick. But I think that a lot of the investors who you know, typically go ahead and rent out properties to market tenants, feel I'm going to get this property ready, market the property, and I don't have to deal with the nuisance of having an inspection mm-hmm. initially, and then also waiting for the voucher, you know, filling out the forms. Because first of all, you're going to fill out the form, make sure that you have a voucher for the right amount of <laughs> bedrooms, right? Amount of number of bedrooms. Correct. And then they're going to come out and they're going to inspect the property initially. And so you pass the inspection, depending on the condition of the property, you're going to get A, B, or C grading. And that's also going to determine the amount of rent that you can yield from the specific tenant or voucher recipient, but then you also have to do an additional inspection within six months later. So as a realtor, I find that um, I get a lot of people or uh, investors who are like, I don't want to deal with that. What do you say to them about that? So I will say one thing we recently changed in the program is that we used to have to come out and do an inspection every year. And we recently changed that because we were hearing a lot of feedback. And so now um, we only do inspections. We do that initial inspection, just like you described, and then we only um, come out every two years. Awesome. If you have a That's good... Um, now, the one caveat is if you have those children, if you have children under six in your unit because of those lead-based pain concerns, we still will come out um, every year. Um, but otherwise, we're only coming out every two years. So we are we are hearing from folks, and we really are trying to make the program 
more uh, user-friendly, if yeah. you will. That's amazing because I think that was kind of like the feedback. And I did get a survey from your organization asking us as a, you know, professionals, industry professionals, what is the feedback? What are people, what, mm-hmm. what are the negatives about the program? And I think that, listen, if you haven't given CHA a try or vouchers and you don't want to deal with this, like Nick said, is one of the most amazing programs because you are helping families. And these families are, they hold the voucher for a lifetime per se. They can. In some ca- cases. So there's a lot of guidelines uh, and restrictions that they have to follow in order to make sure that they maintain that voucher. So they're going to be very respectful of your property. And again, it's all about educating that tenant, correct? Correct. Absolutely. And we have lots of workshops that are ten- for our tenants too. So um, we have all throughout the year, right? We do this this symposium once a year, but we also have workshops on a monthly basis, both for our tenants and for the property owners. What um, Another myth or fact, do you have to, um, if a tenant has a voucher, and it's worth, let's say, $1,000. Mm-hmm. But the property is being rented for, or asking price is 1200 And I've heard this go back and forth among so many people. Is it Must it rent only at $1,000, or can the tenant pay the difference? Because a, a lot of if, people have that question, like you can't pay the difference. Um, so it depends a little okay. bit. It, okay, uh, it gets a little technical. It depends a little bit. But <clears> generally speaking, as long as our... Um, We run a rent analysis before the family moves in. And as long as the comps in that area, and we look, we try to stay within a half mile to a mile radius of that property, as long as the comps are supporting that 1200 that you're asking for, we, in a lot of cases, will be able to approve that. Okay. So, but if they're not, and this is just a greedy landlord right. trying to get some ridiculous number, exactly. you Sometimes won't approve it. That happens. That makes sense. Okay. Right. Katie, we're running short a little bit on time here, so if you can... Recap. Sure. Again, we are just please. really excited. We want um, as many people uh, as possible to register and come to our symposium. Again, it's free. It's oct- Saturday, October 6th at the Hyatt Regency. There's going to be discounted parking. We're going to have lunch for everyone. So it is a great opportunity. Really, you can come out and learn not just about the Housing Choice Voucher Program, but really get a lot of education just on ge- uh, real estate in general. So, thanks. Yeah, one of the cool things about mm-hmm. the, the symposium is that you know there's changes to the C- CHA, um, and we're going to be there. There. Graco and I are going to be there teaching how to market your property and leverage, um, you know, the property so that you don't have vacancies. And we're going to teach you how to take photos, how to market the properties, where to market the properties, where to find tenants. And obviously, this is free of charge. So we're literally teaching you how to market properties. Um, realtors will sometimes charge you one month's rent. And also a property manager will charge you, I don't know, a percentage of your rental income on a monthly basis for you to know, uh, for you to manage these properties. And we're going to teach you the ins and out of property management as well as marketing. So I think it's imperative for you to show up and come out and support and learn a little bit more about this. Also, I understand that there's videos um, that you that they have available so you can learn about the inspection process. So lots of resources. And again, I mean, this is a great win-win for anybody who's looking to become a landlord and own property and manage tenants. And I want to thank Katie Ludwig for coming yes. from CHA. We um, These two for sure are going to be at the event. Uh, I might swing through just to harass them. Please and do. ask my own questions because, like I said, I am a Section A recipient. <laughs> tenant, or not tenant. <laughs> how, well, how, we can, how can we get Nick on that list? <laughs> Thanks again. 
Hey, I think you got calls coming in, Carla. Do you even pay attention to all the calls that are coming in? No, that's your job. No, no, it is not my job. Wait, is it all the millions of fans for Grocco because I'm over his birthday? No, we were giving away free um, all the free stuff. <laughs> the, the, the selfie sticks. So again, it's not not Grocco that they're looking for. It's, it's a giveaway. Give me a selfie stick. Give me this a is self- how Grocco gets uh, gets uh, people to like him by buying them stuff. I'm still waiting for 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 the the official gifts. So how many we have? Did you do you really have? Are we going to take calls? Well, or what there's are we doing? a call. Um, yeah, you tell me. There's a call sitting online too. Do you want to take it? Why don't we wait for that call? Why don't we don't wait for that call? Introduce call. our next guest because oh, yeah. we got to keep the show rolling. Speaking. Oh yes, sir. Yes, yes, sir, Mr. Funes. Thank you for contributing. Let's. <laughs> you want to introduce our next guest? <laughs> I just gave you the, the info. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't want to mistake, misspell, or mispronounce your last name, but in from Howard and Howard, Attorney at Law Leo Abel. Abel. Thank you, sir. Well done. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been in the industry, and how long you've been a lawyer. Well, for? I've been in the industry since I was 16 years old because my mother was a realtor on the North Shore, and so nice. I was uh, you know, sitting open houses and planning signs and uh, uh, stayed with that. And then I've been a real estate attorney now for 32 years. Look at you. Congrats. Shout out to mom. What's yeah, mom doing now? To talk about it. I like it. <laughs> she passed away just last year. Oh, Thank sorry. you. But she, was, uh, you know, she managed a bunch of realtors and worked in many offices and had a very successful career. My father was also an attorney, and he dabbled in a little bit in real estate. So it just seemed like a natural fit for me, and I've uh, taken to it like a duck to water. I respect that. Kind of like so your annoying. stories. That is exactly it always goes back story. to... Yeah. <clears throat> it's exactly the same story. <laughs> my parents have been in real estate for oh, Carlos years. I think, I think that's I true of a lot of people in real estate. I was 15 estate. listening to all the problems that were going on, and eventually mm-hmm. when I turned 20, I migrated into mortgage. Well, you know, you hear those same conversations, story. and you learn how they're dealing with clients, and how they're dealing with landlords, and how they're dealing with yeah. tenants, and it just seems like a And tell me the first thing you actually started doing it for yourself. You felt like you already knew everything. Wow. I mean, compared to... Most green people, you knew a lot of stuff. Honestly, when I started, I started writing securities offerings, so people who were raising money to do real estate investments. So I was dealing with the investors Mm. and the promoters and the developers, and then I thought, you know, I can close these transactions too. And so I just started closing them, and and really the closings and the transactional work is really where I've been focusing for a long time now. So what's Leo's hot topic? Do we have one specifically? Or are we just going to drill him with a million on questions like we do every attorney? Because Well, like every guys, client who calls me every you, day. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Why not? Goes around, comes around, man. No, well, he does a lot. I mean, we've talked. We're, today we're talking about tenants, right, and, and CHA. So I thought it'd, it'd be important because I know you manage buildings and um, you do condominium laws. You're mm-hmm. Just tell us a little bit about the kind of business and the clients that you service. Well, the client type of client I'm servicing more and more are the landlords because my condo developers have sort of st- Stop that work. The more popular thing now is doing these apartment buildings, right. and and uh, that's really where the money is these days, at least in Chicago. And we're right. seeing a lot more units coming on market. And they were talking about how we've reached the saturation point, but I was reading in Cranes today that no, we really haven't. And as buildings are coming online, more and more tenants are coming downtown, so the demographic is switching to a younger and younger demographic, yeah. and they're looking to rent as opposed to buy. And so we're talking to landlords specifically about the Chicago Landlord Tenant Ordinance and how different difficult it is to comply with the security deposit requirements and maybe mm-hmm. why not to take a security deposit any longer. Move in fees now. Right. Application. Was, was move in fee, move, move out fee, fee right. Yeah, There's yeah, limits yeah. to that, of course, too, but right. uh, we're a, a lot of landlords are, are learning the ropes that way. Right. We're working with developers primarily on location and demographic and, and oh, that wow. sort of thing and sort of trying to press the boundaries of some neighborhoods. We're seeing a lot more developers now interested in the uptown area, not the immediate west side, which seems to have also already reached a peak even, but even further 
here along the West Corridor, along the uh, green and pink and blue lines. And then we're seeing more activity in neighborhoods like uh, McKinley Park and uh, south that way and uh, the Holman, Holman Square area. <laughs> Look at so, you giving uh, it all away. I mean, this is really good information because if you're an investor out there, these are neighborhoods that you should watch out for. Well, I like to drive by the properties that my clients are interested in and I, I can just... I, it's taking me longer and longer to get there. So You're a bit more north, passionate than the other west, person further who southwest, had. Further south, even. And we're seeing great, great strides in property values, especially. So you, you, you have a lot of larger scale clients. Like you said, they do buildings with like 100 or 200, 300 units. But our show is predominantly one-time or second, third property landlords. You said something that I wanted to touch on because it's pretty recent. Chicago, security deposits. Why has it gotten so loaded with red tapes where it's in favor or it's, it's not in favor for a landlord to collect a security deposit more. It's actually rather scary. Um, and what do you think the future of that legislation is? Do you think it will ever change back? Because it's becoming ridiculous. Like, uh, if you don't have it in a separate account collecting interest, mm-hmm. I mean, it could be like mm-hmm. you, you just lose this whole argument. Well, landlords are a very, very diverse mm-hmm. group, and there's not really like a trade association that represents landlords. Landlords have always been sort of the the devil as opposed to the angel, and so I, I, I don't see it changing anytime soon, certainly not in my lifetime, and, and the hazards are many. You have to state on the face of the lease or in a separate letter exactly the bank and the address at which you're holding the security deposit. You have to pay that interest every 12 months, regardless of whether the lease is 12 months or not. Um, There's uh, many other restrictions, and the courts very much enforce these regulations. In fact, there's attorneys who specialize in doing nothing but pursuing landlords for violations of the the landlord-tenant ordinance, and the penalties are draconian. It's uh, two months of the security deposit, plus the security deposit, plus their fees, plus the attorney's fees. So a a tenant can come out way ahead, even if the landlord has made a very minor error, and we're talking about five cents or ten cents. Sure, Yeah, it's unfortunate. Which is scary. So what's your advice to like to Our advice safe? to all of our residential landlords anyways just don't take the security deposit. We're now advising a move-in fee, 3 or 400 dollars. That will generally cover most damage. I would much rather pursue the tenant in court for damage after the lease is ended rather than defending a defending security deposit security violation case because I'm going mm-hmm. to lose. I think that's some of the most is there important a max? we've ever given. Is there a because max, though, on, on a move-in fee? Is there a max amount? <clears throat> no. Uh, I don't think so. There is no specific amount. Yeah. There's no specific amount. You're right. But I, I, we're recommending to our landlords no more than 500 hmm. I, don't know. I, I was doing like 50% of the rent. Great information. And we have here, because he's not just learned this information from your parents or growing up in the business, but <laughs> I got here from our producers there. You have uh, memberships with the Illinois State Bar Association, obviously Chicago Bar Association, American Bar Association, American Mensa organization mm-hmm. i mean wow look at that how many other acronyms do you have next to your name nick Those why are you picking at me <laughs> oh Graco, birthday 40 year old he's boy. got vip i think, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh look at that everybody falls yes. in love with nick works. at some point uh, uh, i got vip ceo and <laughs> f you <Carl. laughs> and what's great about these organizations yeah. is we're trying to affect legislation to make a development easier for our clientele one of the things that's happened recently as a result of pushes by these legal organizations is that that 10 percent threshold for ownership within a condo building so previously un- until june of this year one owner could not own more than 10% of the units in a condo development. Otherwise, it wasn't warrantable, meaning it's difficult to finance right. if you're coming in as a purchaser. That changed now to 50%. And that's made a very big deal because a lot of developers like to hang on to some units mm-hmm. in the developments that they're doing, especially at, at my level, which is the 12 or 24 unit building. That's sort of mm-hmm. my sweet spot. 
And so they'll want to hang on to some units for rental as opposed to sale. Now they can effectively hang on to a much larger percentage, and you can finance units earlier in the development process. So for incoming buyers, it's it's really a very important thing. And for both developers and incoming buyers, it's made a lot of units more accessible earlier in the development process. It used to be a nightmare financing somebody when, you know, you you talk about like a 12 unit, Mm -hmm. and the developer still owns four of them. Right. Or three of them, or even two of them. Because it was over 10%. Yeah. You know, we're stuck. Well, this like, is really good information for people who are condo owners and have been stuck in properties. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had the situation with Mike. Remember yeah. I told you to look into that because they've been trying to sell their condo for a very long time, but they just can't. It's So as a seller, you feel stuck, right? Because a buyer or borrower is not going to spend money or pay higher because the loan is unwarrantable. Is it unwarrantable or non-warrantable? Non-warrantable. Unwarrantable. Non-warrantable. corrected herself with the wrong answer again. Non-warrantable. So, so if it's non-warrantable, they have to pay higher interest rates. Yeah, those programs and, down and then a yeah. higher down payment. Yeah. Yeah. So a if buyer you can qualify at all. If right. they can qualify, if the building. Sure. So can you give me the guidelines for qualifying uh, a non-warrantable, non-warrantable, whatever? Well, it's just like you just sure. mentioned. There's a new guideline that Fannie Mae is introducing where now you can have a 50-50. Mm-hmm. And that's going to allow us on the financing side to be able to do right. these, these high rises a lot more easier to touch on your client, we found a, a, a solution for him. I told him, let's just get your building FHA approved. You get the F- FHA approval and that building's going to sell out. Because right now, nobody can sell in that in that building. You're talking about 200 plus units. Which so, isn't the easiest thing to do, but it does help. But at least yeah. try. Everybody takes, was on board. The board mm-hmm. was on board to do it. Yeah, of course. So, right. so how do you get a building FHA approved? You got to go through the FHA approval process and you, you submit your documents and the condo needs to just get approved. And it usually takes about, and at least in the past, it used to take three to four months. Right, and as you were saying with the Section 8, it's not as difficult as people think. And in fact, no. there's services that will mm-hmm. do it for you for a relatively small fee. And so you no, can just hire a consultant and, and you know, get it done. Can I tell you, too? It's pretty easy, to be honest This is you. a personal story. I mean, I, my first building was I, right away. I, I opened up with owning a two-flat and had Section 8 because our – I'm sorry, at that time it was Section 8. Now it's CHA, I know. Or <laughs> don't it's still Section 8. Me. Well, whatever. So um, – <laughs> It was easier, and they literally walk you through the process. They have trainings to teach you how to market the property, how to uh, do the inspections. How to, they're the most easier, easiest to manage kind of tenants. So I think it, it's really great. But once you get into like the red tape and get into problems, because it, it goes both ways. Sometimes landlords will take advantage of the guidelines, and sometimes tenants will take advantage of the guidelines. What do you find? But do you find it that for investors, it's really hard if you break any of the landlord tenant ordinance? What is it? Ordinance summary. Um, it's a landlord tenant ordinance, ordinance summary. It's like a summary people should read and know about before they become landlords, so they can know more about the process. Uh, there is that. I, there's still a lot of misinformation out there. Like I get condo owners who say, "Well, I don't have to comply with it because I'm a con- it's a condo and it's not an apartment." I'm saying, "No, you still have to. If you don't live there with this tenant, right. you still have to comply." I I, I just find that uh, people think that I've got a cool tenant and I'm a cool guy, and so we'll work stuff out. And much to their chagrin, they find out they're getting sued even after the lease is over because you know these attorneys are advertising even on the internet about you know recovering two times the amount of your security deposit and attorney's fees. I was going to ask that. So, Free money. Yeah, it gets, it gets, it. It gets, it gets yeah. tricky, uh, you know, but I, I will find that at the, at the higher end, I do find that, you know, the tenants who are paying five and six and $7,000 a month, you know, those are the ones we don't really have the problem with. Right. And and so for my higher end residential, which is mostly where my market is, you know, I'm, I'm finding that the, the, uh, 
the size of units and the dollar amounts that units are running for in Chicago anymore are getting higher and higher. I'm not surprised anymore to see ten and $12,000 monthly rentals. It's, uh, it's amazing, some of these larger buildings especially, just, just where this market is pushing itself. Right, and it's important for people to know their, their, their rules, right? So you said if somebody doesn't get a receipt for security deposit at signing of a lease, if the lease doesn't indicate where the money is being held, what bank? Exact, not just what bank, what address? What's the brand, address? The address of the branch. Can yes. you give us more of those, the little four you things? You have to that- attach a summary of the uh, landlord-tenant ordinance to the lease. You have to have all of the disclosures, so the lead-based paint disclosure and the mold disclosure. So any more uh, residential lease in Chicago is going to run 30 or 35 pages because you've got not only the lease but then all these disclosures to attach to it. And I find that most landlords, especially if they're not attorneys or haven't done it before, they, they're just not passing muster. And it's, 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 it's a shame. It's so a it shame. sounds very overwhelming. Where can somebody get a hold of you if they just want to run ideas or maybe hire you so that they do things the right way? And I always tell my landlords, if you do your homework in the front end and you learn the process, then you're going to save yourself a lot of headaches. Even for clients that bought properties and maybe had a change in lifestyle, you know, they decided to relocate to the burbs or they got married and they're leaving their condo in the city and now all of a sudden they they become landlords and they're like, oh, it's fine. You know, my girlfriend's going to move in there and it turns out a year later they want to sell their property and the girlfriend is not amicable to us showing it and now mm-hmm. the fighting starts and it's never a good thing. So I say, even with your best friend, make sure you sign a lease. So where can they get a hold of you for information? Well, we're online, howardandhoward.com. And uh, my name is on there, Leo Abel. And they can scroll down. You'll see the numbers of real estate attorneys in our law firm that uh, do this work on a regular basis. And we play both sides of the street. We represent the tenants. We also represent the landlords and the developers. And uh, we're very familiar with this information. There's also a lot of information available on cityofchicago.org. I, I got to admit it, these stuff that's about landlords and landlord training is very, very good online. The city also, in addition to CHA, the city also provides seminars on a regular basis. It's monthly, as far as I know. And so people can get this information. But the compliance part, it's tough. You've got to send notices. You've got to send them in the right way, by the correct method, to the right address. You know, unless you have a land, uh, landlord's attorney guiding you, uh, there's still a lot of misinformation out there, even among other attorneys who are just going off of knowledge that they earned, you know, 10 or 12 years ago, and it's just no longer relevant. you got to stay up. One of the key advice that you gave was that as lo- if you're not in the building, then you have to follow the, the rules. So say you have a two-flight, you live in one of the buildings, so maybe you, you can get away with some of the, the, the guidelines, but we always say don't try to get away with anything. Just follow everything because then you become, you know, you'll follow protocol. But for anybody, because you mentioned 12 unit, bin, 12 unit buildings or 20 units, as we're seeing, you know, the trend of becoming landlords mm-hmm. in, at a higher scale. Um, do, so do you work with uh, buyers who are looking to, like, deconvert condos and turning them into rentals? Or what's the, what's your forte? Well, we do, we're doing more and more deconversion work now. So... It used to be just the six-unit or the 12-unit building that was considering deconverting to an apartment. Now we're seeing much larger buildings. I've been reading recently about buildings on uh, the, the former Edgewater Hotel, up uh, the, the pink building up on uh, oh, no, no. North Sheridan. They just voted to go, to go to uh, go apartments now and um, a couple other mm-hmm. buildings on Lakeshore Drive. So we're seeing more and more of that deconversion work. And that's tough because you've got to get more than 75% of the unit owners to vote on and approve a, a contract purchase package. We're also seeing deconversions from cooperatives to condominiums, which is a very interesting process. And so, you know, got to follow the rules, got to follow them very closely. It's a lot, there are a lot of tricks and traps for the unwary and notices and that sort of thing. So I will say that anybody who's considering any kind of real estate transaction ought 
to consult with an attorney. And I'm not just blowing my own horn here because I'm, I'm trying to earn an income. I will just say that the rules have become more complex. The market is more complex. The dollar amounts are higher. There's more at risk. You know, hire a lawyer. And and for most transactions, as you all well know, the, the amount of money you're paying an attorney is chump change compared to the purchase prices. And I see people entering in these million-dollar deals and, you know, not wanting to pay six or $700 to an attorney. To, to me, that's folly. Right. No, and it gets really complicated. I completely agree. I mean, I was looking at a project in um, in Lakeview where three of the units, you know, there are three separate owners and it's a condo association. And, you know, people are giving you advice. There was other realtors that were giving advice and the sellers or the owners just don't know what to do with that project. Um, but it is imperative that you contact a professional that's going to walk you through the legal side of everything. Because, I mean, even Grocco and I were trying to figure out what happens once we, you know, the property becomes gets deconverted. Like, how are you going to sell it? How are you going to market? So there's, you you know, you got to look at the big picture and it's a big puzzle. So you do, I agree with you. They should call a professional and attorneys are, you're the glue of the transaction because there's things that we may not know that you're going to be able to see and then protect the client from it. Right. And I'm trying to stay up on the current regulations. I read a lot of FHA regulations, the regulations that are coming down from, uh, HUD, which are changing on an almost daily basis yeah, these days. The and, you know, as, as the economy improves, and, and certainly the current administration is trying to assist in the real estate market improving, generally speaking, and so we're seeing a lot more regulations coming from all sorts of government agencies that are affecting real estate transactions and real estate investment in particular. One thing that we're concerned about is now we know that uh, because of the new tax laws that uh, Real estate taxes over $10,000 can no longer be deducted, whereas previously it was a 100% deduction. And this is taking a lot of people by surprise, especially in what the administration calls high-tax states, which are actually just high-value states. Uh, properties in New York and California, for example, that routinely have tax bills in excess of $10,000. I think uh, a lot of people are going to be surprised when they file their taxes next year and learn that they can't deduct as much mm. of those taxes as they it's were more than able to that. do so. Meals and entertainment, corporate promotions, a lot of these things are changing mm. in the tax law. Right, so you, you've just got to have a, an attorney that you can trust who's staying up on top of this stuff. It's important because obviously that affects your, your yield, right? If we're looking right. at promoting to become a landlord and rent properties and optimize your rental yield, and here we're talking about like taxes <clears throat> and how that's going to you know, mess up your whole income or yield that you're so used to because everything has gone up. Right. And so we're encouraging our landlords not to own properties in their own name any longer because they're not going to get the bang for the buck they used to be getting from some of these deductions and to instead form limited liability companies or corporations, whatever appropriate for them, so that they can you know, maximize their tax benefits. Because a lot of people think, oh, I'm just running out that condo I bought as a kid now that I'm moving to the suburbs. It's not as simple as it once was and you need some professional advice. And I know at Howard & Howard and, of course, many other law firms, we are, we are constantly providing information to our clients, but we're also taking our own seminars within these bar association groups and all sorts of continuing legal education just to stay on top of it. It's a constantly changing industry. And Leo, do you guys do tax um, appeals? Appeals? You know, we don't. That's a very much a specialty area, and there are attorneys to whom I refer that business, and they are experts in that field. That's a whole nother ball of wax in terms of knowledge base and, and contacts, and, and so Try to find somebody who really does that work on a regular professional basis. 
But it's important that you that you mentioned that you should look at your entire portfolio, right, and kind of an, analyze what's how you're going to hold that asset, uh, what makes more sense for you, and the tax implication. You don't necessarily have to work with tax appeals, but you could definitely guide them and let them know who do they who they can call to get that done, and if they need to do it. No question. And I just need even just to point out to my clients that, gee, this was a reassessment year. 2018 was a reassessment year for real estate taxes for every property within the city of Chicago, and we were seeing increases in assessed value in certain neighborhoods. Rogers Park, uh, 40% or more increases in assessed value. That doesn't necessarily mean a 40% increase in your tax bill, but it does mean your tax bill is going up. They've just uh, recently come out in Lakeview and in West Chicago townships, and we're going to see some more of those coming out later this year. And so, especially in, in the reassessment years, which is every three years, everybody should be looking at their real estate taxes and not just investors, just residential property owners. When you're seeing those kinds of jumps, real estate taxes, you got to get on the ball. Because they're going up. Good stuff. And that's why Rom decided not to run for mayor. He don't want to take the heat for it. <laughs> I think he wants to enjoy the rest of his life. Well, I think yeah. he's got kids in college yeah, and he no, needs I'm to afford that kidding. somehow. I'm just joking. Oh, Good stuff. Oh, I oh Leo just hit <laughs> I don't know why he's quitting. I'm just teasing it. You know. Say what you want about Rom. I think he was instrumental in bringing in many corporations, which generated more real estate deals for all of us in the market. Brought yeah. the NFL in. I just liked seeing the draft here. That was cool. <laughs> Finally got something cool. Just the number it. of new employees at these major firms, you know. Yeah. Google we don't and Understandable Midland. And we don't do politics, though, <laughs> right? Yeah. Not doing politics. We're doing real estate. <laughs> doing I can't still estate. figure out what this guy goes for. I don't even know. I, I'm an independent. Well, this is good stuff. Let's wrap uh, this time. amazing show up. Yes, Robert, do you have anything to contribute on your yeah, birthday? Yeah, it's your birthday, Any? bro. We're going to let you close no. this out since it's your birthday. Let's do that. Let, let this man right here. <laughs> okay. Right. Here comes a strong closing. Don't forget our guests, please. Uh, the closing please here. don't make me close. Come on. I want to see how he does this. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do Thank it. you for it. watching another segment of Market Overdrive. I appreciate everybody watching us today on my milestone 40th birthday. We want to thank uh, Katie Ludwig of CHA for coming out and Talking about the owner's symposium, which is October 6th. We'll see you guys out there. Leo Abel Mm -hmm. of Howard & Howard. Appreciate you coming out and talking law, real estate law. Reach out to Leo from Howard & Howard. Um, Our sponsors. Do we have any sponsors? Are we still? We have a lot of sponsors. We're not going to list them all today. We're not going to list all our sponsors today. We don't do it like that. Where to follow us? Make sure you follow us us on all of our social media (laughs) channels. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube. Grackle's personal account. My personal account, marketoverdrive.com. And we'll see you guys next week, Thursday. I think we're on again next week, Thursday. We have a special guest coming on. I just don't know who it is. Happy birthday, Grab. Thank you guys for watching and catch us later. And of course, remember, you can share this information. Please reach out to anybody and come and see us this Saturday and also at the CHA Symposium. The information is going to be on our page. Ciao. Bye, guys.